It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the weekly potpourri edition presented by Joseph Chevrolet. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Rick Broing. We look at uh, local sports topics, no matter what the sport is. Eh, it can matter somewhat the sport is, but we look at that, uh, local sports topics, also national sports topic. And yes, I've got another... Driving rage to get to after my trip to Pittsburgh. Give the people what they want. Give them what they want. The Bengals were absolutely embarrassed on the national spotlight during Monday night's 27-3 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cincinnati is now 0-4 on the year, which means they've lost 11 of the last 12s dating back to last season, and a lot of fans have seemingly hit a breaking point. So my question for you, Skinny, is who or what do you think fans should be most frustrated with right now? Is And, and I'm going to include myself in this group, is that... We got buffaloed a little bit here. We got, we got, they tried to put the old lipstick on a pig thing. I mean, you, you, you basically brought back a similar roster to last year. And I, I bought into this a little bit. I thought, all right, is this the four and one roster or is this the two and nine to end the season roster? That had a lot of injuries. It had, and and that's where I had to like kind of take a step back. Okay. New head coach. Let's see what he can do to maybe get this roster better. Um, the injuries to Jonah Williams and Cordy Glenn have just been killers. And I think there's a lesson here to learn that if you have a left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, you keep him until that person can't walk any longer. That's the person that needs to get paid. And and you're no seeing matter what. no matter what. You're seeing that come to I, guards, I give you. I I don't think they should have thrown money at Kevin Zeitler. I've said that before. I, I think you can always find at least capable guard play. If you can't find capable tackle play, you've got no semblance of a chance. And so I think the frustration is is that now you have to just come to the realization that the rebuilding process will now start in this coming off season. And then you have to start looking at what does that rebuilding process come to. But I think the frustration is, is the overall 30 years of not winning a playoff game and 30 years of doing things the way they've always done things and 30 years of, of kind of pulling a Lucy and Charlie Brown of, hey, we got your new coach, look at him. Yeah, well, I don't still don't know if he can coach or not. I, 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 I'm not pinning all of this on him. I think some of it, I mean, look, you got to find a way to scheme your way around your deficiencies, and I'm not sure they've done that completely. I think they've tried. Um, but I think that's what they, 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 I think they literally thought that this 35-year-old head coach without any head coaching experience and an inexperienced group of, of coaches were going to come in here and suddenly wave a magic wand and they were going to flip the script. No, no. So, yeah, I think the frustration is, I think everybody should be frustrated with all of it. And I get it. And look, until they, I think it's to the point now where if the Brown family, and I don't say this lightly, if they don't release complete control of the of the day-to-day operations and bring in qualified football people to run the day-to-day operations and say, tag, you're it, so we can hold that person accountable, people are done. They're done. And I get it. I fully get it. I really do because we saw attendance interest all of that trail off last year yes it renewed slightly not with a, the no, new coach not, but a, not lot. a lot nope, we've not seen a lot. the attendance so far and it hasn't been good so i think you're right i think fans are really done at this point yep and getting embarrassed like i don't think this pittsburgh game really told us anything new about this team that we didn't already know last week but i think the fact that it happened against a bad Pittsburgh team, which is your arch rival yep. if you're Cincinnati, a team that you hate as a fan, on Monday night, on the primetime, once again, which this team has just been abysmal in those games uh, for the last decade plus, I think that exacerbated the problem and, and has really brought this thing to a head. I really do. I mean, I saw people throwing jerseys away as they were walking out of, of establishments. I mean, this is... This is as bad as I've seen it, I think, since I've been like a little, little kid when it was like uh, uh, Klingler years. Yes, I, I think, I remember, I can remember, I was, I was covering the game, the, the last game that, that Dick LeBeau coached, um, um, last home game, not the last game, but the last home game, and it was against the Saints, and there was nobody in, in, the, in the crowd, and that was where the family finally said, all right, we've got to get somebody from the outside, and they hired Marvin Lewis. And that brought some renewed energy. And Marvin didn't get off to a very good start, but then started to win some games. They beat an undefeated Kansas City Chiefs team that year. Um, And that kind of got the ball rolling and took Marvin three years to get to the playoffs. I think now you're in that, okay, can you get this turnaround in three years with Zach Taylor? 
maybe, but the fans aren't going to come along for the ride initially. It's going to take you to get back to the playoffs or to get off to a 7-1 and one start one season um, and legitimately look like a, a, an NFL football team in order to bring the fan base back. And the problem then is if it's eroded to a, to a bad point, maybe those fans really don't come back. Maybe they do find some. Maybe they find Sunday ticket. Maybe they find um, an establishment to go. Maybe they find other, other avenues. That, that, that's the risk you run, and that's the gamble they've, they've taken. Yeah, I think fans will always come back, and I think NFL fans now, in Cincinnati, it's a little different. You know, it's, it's sort of like being in Cleveland or Buffalo, but even look at Cleveland and Buffalo, like right now, I think NFL fans are trained to know that you can always turn it around quickly in the NFL. You're always just two or three seasons away from being a legit competitor, even if you've been bad for 20-plus years. We've seen it yeah, no, happen. No, I think a three-year window is a that, – that's, that's right. a window so, that can so be I done. So I don't think fans will ever totally lose hope. I think, you know, if they get – Two oh. years from now, if they're off to a 3-4-0 start, I think the fans oh, will okay, come back yeah. then. Not, not in droves. I think you have to continue to – you have to get back to that playoff caliber. Then the following year is when it kind of kicks in. But to sort of go back to this question of who should you be frustrated, I think you pointed to the, the front office people, and I think that's the right answer. Is the people who are responsible for the roster being in the shape that it is, making no improvements in the offseason when it was very clear what needed to be done in the offseason, making bad draft decisions, drafting positions that weren't of need the last few years. I mean, granted, Jonah Williams is notwithstanding, yeah, yeah. that doesn't count. How's your sample working out? How's your main Pratt working out? Not great. Shouldn't your second and third round picks be on the field? You would hope. And also, just going back to like John Ross, when everyone knew like offensive line or linebacker, yeah. and you take John Ross a couple years ago, I mean, you could now, instead of having John Ross, who was once again injured, we'll get to that in a minute, you could have a fully groomed third-year linebacker who is a stud anchoring your defense yes. right now. And so that's just... That's part of the issue, because I think, it's, for it's, the Bengals is just the drafting and the the lack of going out and doing anything in the offseason right. when you know exactly what your deficiencies are. Right. And so now you come to that point of, at the end of this month with the trade deadline and A.J. Green's free agency looming, if you really want to make a st- – I know, I know fans will be upset initially with that. You have to start with trying to trade him. You have to. It, the, the problem is there. everyone knows you're pretty much at that position, so you, it, obviously asking price is probably going to be okay. driven down. But you've got to do something. You have to be aggressive. I think, you know, there's some misplaced anger right here with Andy Dalton. Yes. Uh, you know, I think we know what Andy Dalton is. Yeah, We've I, seen I, Andy Dalton I, perform can, when you give him an offensive line, when you give him time. We know can, he can't can handle pressure. Can, can he Can he block for himself? No. Can he tackle a jet sweep or the little pitch play that, that the, the Steelers ran? Uh, maybe, maybe better than the line current linebackers. Yeah, can, okay, maybe possibly. he can. Yeah. No, th- that, th- that, that's where the misplaced anger is. A quarterback change isn't fixing this today, folks. It's not. So don't just... Put that part to the side. Well, I'm not telling that. you that you don't. It's not time to start looking for the future quarterback. I'm I'm there, but you're, Ryan Finley isn't turning this around. Jake Dolagala isn't turning this around. The only thing that's turning this around is an off season or two or three. That's what's going to turn it around and making good decisions in that off season. Right, and I also think there's misplaced frustration and anger with the coaching staff. Yes, where, where granted, I can understand they need to do better, but ultimately, like we talked about last week and the week before that, they've got. Probably both hands tied behind their backs with yeah, the roster I, that they've been given. I, I, I'm not expecting Zach Taylor to run his guys under the bus. Um, he's got to stop saying, "I think we can win in those guys with those guys." In the yeah, quit sounding like Marvin Lewis yeah, after he, losses. Yeah. I mean, now, I, now I will say, I thought he, I thought he was as critical of a, of a position group as he's been to this point. Again, without pointing fingers, when he was asked about the offensive line, and there was a miscommunication on one of the sacks, the very first one where Bobby Hart blocked the wrong guy, and, and Devin Bush came into sack. He said that was the only miscommunication, and he said. We told them that we you know we asked them to win one on ones. They didn't win the one on ones. That tell that that's that's a coach calling guys out without specifically saying he sucked. He hey, sucked. He sucked. Hey Zach, you think? Yeah. I mean, it, it's obvious. Every my my grandmother could look at that game and see that Bobby Hart is getting blown by every single snap, and my grandma is dead. Both of them. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. Um, look, the, the the short passing game in week one, a little bit in in uh, in in but well, they tried it the first half in Buffalo. Teams have now taken that away. They've decided we're going to just when we talked about that after week one, right? I was worried team, about that exact. The thing. teams are going to say, "Hey, just we don't, stay home." We, we don't think your line your line can protect for a long time. So now we're going to challenge you to throw over the top. The other night, Pittsburgh put Mika Fitzpatrick in the middle of the field, about 20 yards off the ball, and said. 
you're, you're going to have to beat these guys one-on-one to some other spot. You're not getting over the top on us. Your line isn't going to be able to protect long enough to run some long developing routes. We're taking away your short, quick passing game. And what was the end result? Three points and eight quarterback sacks later and 175 yards. And they're not even selling out against the run. No. They're literally just waiting on this short, pass, yes. quick passing yes. game, yes. staying at home, and they know you can't run the ball effectively either. We've seen the running game uh, and that's open why, up a little bit the last two weeks. That's what We haven't seen Zach Taylor's offense. We no. haven't. We haven't seen How any semblance you? of it. It's just a free-for-all to the quarterback every time they yes. snap the ball. Yeah, and again, the part of his adjustment early was, let's get out of Andy's hands quick. And, and in Seattle, it worked beautifully, right? Well, then, like I said— little smoke and mirrors, and sudden, also Seattle sucks. Yeah, and all of a sudden, tapes out on your, your club, and teams have said now, all right, we're going to make your offensive line protect for, for three seconds. Um, I was sitting next to a guy from ESPN, uh, Ben Baby, who covers him, and, and he has next-gen stats up all the time during games, and it's kind of cool because I can actually kind of pick his brain for some stuff. At one point the other night, I think Andy's time to throw the football was 1.8 seconds. 1.8. Three is the average. You have no, you have no chance. You have no chance. I think if there's one thing you can criticize Zach Taylor and this coaching staff for and, and someone's job who maybe needs to be called into question, it's Jim Turner. Because yeah, but that I, was a he, questionable decision it, it, to bring him it, it in. Was, He's but, been dealt an awful let, let me, hand. Let me say this. Did, did you want that? Look, let's just go player by player. I, I'm not, I, I think your, your criticism is a little fair, but let's just go individual player. Andre Smith is a third-string left tackle. How many teams win in this league with a third-string left tackle? And I'm not even sure he's qualified to be that. I mean, very few. I, I, I get that. He's been dealt a terrible hand with guys just Terrible hand. Quitting, John retiring. Miller's terrible. I, I Bobby get, Hart, did you you never liked Bobby Hart to begin with. Exactly. Okay, so but, but that's part of my issue. They decided to keep Bobby Hart and told us how dude, good he was before the season. That was their choice. Here's the worst they part. They wanted to do that. Jim Turner didn't want that, though. But Jim, he came that, in. That's he, the hand he was dealt. But he came in to that situation and he needed a job. And talked to, he, well, that, that's fine. I mean, but, but like, I mean... To me, that's, I don't think what he's doing technique wise is 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 anything wrong. They're you, just they're just not very good. You can't give up eight sacks to the Steelers defense and just be like everything's okay with what we're doing. Oh, I don't think everything is okay. I, I think, but the problem is you don't have the personnel to do anything with. John Miller was a cast off free agent. No one wanted Bobby Hart back here. Trey I Hopkins agree is with all Trey, of that. Trey Hopkins is is probably your best offensive lineman, and and that's not saying a whole lot. The left guard. Billy Price probably should get the job back because Michael Jordan was a five-ring circus disaster on Monday night, and Andre Smith has no business even playing in the league, let alone left tackle. But if you and have- I've heard people go get some. There's no the only person you can you can make an argument that they should go get is Trent Williams. They're not gonna. So let's just and, that, and that's a front office thing. Okay, that that that's something I think they should do. You want to be proactive? That's something you should do. But you're not winning with that group of players. You're not. I agree with you on that. But you brought in this jerk-off that you had to take a lot of public criticism for bringing in. And if he can't coach him up to be any better, if you're just going to stink regardless of who's coaching him, why did you have to have that guy? That's where I would just be like, at this point, I'm I'm making a public showing and just getting rid of that guy because he's not helping you anyway. And... Everyone thinks you're an idiot for bringing him in in the first place. Yeah, I, I I have a hard time pointing the finger at what he's doing though. I think it, if if you're looking at performance, I don't think it's it's him. It's just they, they're they're just not any good. Well, yeah, you're right. It's not him getting blown by. It's Bobby Hart and uh, and, and Andre, Smith. Andre Smith. But it but still, I I don't understand. I don't think he can stay employed through the end of the year. Oh, I I think the plan all along was he was a one year stopgap to bring Bill Callahan from Washington, um, Brian. St- dad to be the offensive line coach I truly believe that Brian Bill was under contract Jay Gruden's gonna get fired Bill probably will be the interim head coach there to be honest with you then after that they'll Washington will look for somebody else and they'll bring in Bill Callahan Zach Taylor will go to Jim Turner go listen man I got you back in the league good luck and that that's that that sounds like a logical plan my guess is they are going to have to fire him before that happens mm. let's keep it going yep. though more bad news came for the Bengals oh, on Monday when it was reported that wide receiver John Ross suffered a shoulder injury during Monday's loss that will sideline him for multiple games he's expected to miss around a month of action next offseason the Bengals will have the opportunity to exercise a fifth year option on Ross to keep him around for 2021 or he'll become an unrestricted free agent what would be your take on extending John Ross as things currently stand when the time comes to make that decision? Yeah, I think the fifth-year option is, is always a, is, is a good idea. It's a worthwhile idea. It's not overly expensive. I mean, it does cost, but it's not overly expensive. I think John showed enough in the first few games of this year that you can see the potential still is there. And um, if you're going to decide to move on from A.J. Green, and maybe they don't, and if they don't, I think it's shame on them, but... If you decide to move on from A.J. Green, 
I think you can I think you can you can count on John Ross to be at least a productive player. Um, now, if you're looking at extending him multi years past that in another three or four year deal, no. But it, you you can put the fifth year option on him as a first round pick, and I think it would be worthwhile to do it. Yeah, I, I feel you, like I'm feeling like you're not thinking it's worth doing it. It's not that I think it's a bad idea necessarily, but I also don't think. I mean, I'm starting to feel like the chance of him being a bust is getting a lot more likely because the injuries were always a concern with him coming into the NFL. We've seen that has continuously been a problem for him staying no, it, on the it, field. It, it is. The drops, he still isn't getting over that. The inconsistency, he still isn't getting over that. Made a hell Yet, of a catch on Monday. Yes, he's shown some playmaking ability this season, and he, and he showed the ability to, to make some plays in the red zone last season. I don't know that he's done enough for me to, to really think he has the fifth, any— The fifth year, though— I'm fine with them doing it if they decide to, but I could also see where they just decide to call it quits on John Ross and say yeah. he's he's not going to get it done. We can't I, rely I guess, on him. I, if we're doing a rebuild and, and looking towards the future anyways, let's just get someone we're more confident. Yeah, I, I guess a lot of it would be determinant upon when he comes back from this injury, how effective is he? Does that make him more gun-shy? Does he... Does he get hit in the first game back and the shoulder flares back up again? Um, does the does the drop stuff continue, or does he continue to make plays? I mean, he made that great catch. You know, he's made the first two games he had three touchdowns. Um, this last game made a spectacular one handed catch. I mean, you see some of the things he can do. Um, yeah, I, I think some of it's probably determined on what happens after he comes back. But I, I'm I'm not opposed to it. I think it, it it would make sense to me. The Cardinals are one of seven winless teams still left in the NFL along with the Bengals. They'll visit Paul Brown Stadium this Sunday at 1 p.m. My question for you, though, Skinny, is when do you think the Bengals will get their first win? I do think it's this Sunday because I think Arizona's worse than the Bengals are. I mean, they're, they're secondary. How about this passer rating against? 118.3 is what opposing quarterbacks are throwing against that team, completing almost 70% of their passes. Um, I will say though, can you, the Bengals protect long enough that, to take advantage and, and, of that? And that's that's a legitimate question because you have you have Chandler Jones on the edge. Um, you know he's got three sacks. I'm drawing a blank on the other end. He's got three and a half sacks. Um, so they've gotten they've gotten home. Um, but even with them getting home, um, teams are still killing them. Kyler Murray, I think I, I, it's it's very gimmicky what they're doing. He has not done much. Um, he's struggled like a rookie quarterback should. He doesn't have top flight receivers. Larry Fitzgerald is probably his best receiver, and the guy's fifty seven years old for goodness sakes. Um, they can't run the ball. He's their second leading rusher. I, I think this is. I think if you were to, to rank the pantheon of bad teams in the league, believe it or not, I think the Dolphins are definitely number one. I think the Cardinals would be number two, the Jets would be number three, and then you can maybe put the Bengals in there at number four. So Man. I think it being at home and the Cardinals are in worse shape, I, I, I think this is the first win. If it's, if it's not now, then um, the Jets is another opportunity, and then maybe you get to Miami, and, and there's just not a lot of wins I can find on, on that schedule any longer. Yeah, the, the only games after this, I mean, if you lose this one, it's at Ravens. It's home against the Jags. It's at the Rams. It's home against well, it's not, the Ravens. The Rams is in London, but yeah. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah London. Yeah, te- yeah technically it's a road game. Yeah. yeah. Um, home against the Ravens. And then this is the only next one I could possibly Jets. see. Well, the Raiders. It's at, it's at Oakland. I don't think you beat them out there. I don't think you do either, but that's also a ticking time bomb type team that I could see yeah. imploding by that point. Well, no, I think they got the addition by subtraction with the knucklehead being gone. I agree, and I think they could be moving in the right direction, but it could go the other way too. I, that locker room is still... By the way, I... I, I, I their, their coach didn't expect to have his job heading into this Yeah, week, but so. you know, they, 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 they got a nice win over Oakland. They uh, did. So I mean, over, uh, over the Colts. Rather, I, I don't pat myself on the back often, but I have to do it. I wrote a column back in March when the Bengals let Vontez Burfitt go that said that he would not play more than five games the rest of his you career did. in the NFL because he's either going to get hurt or do something stupid. Now, he could also have the appeal. He's going to have it uh, heard uh, next Tuesday on October the 8th. He could also have that suspension uh, um, reduced. I don't see how that's going to take place, to be honest with you. But if it is, he still could do something stupid in the first game back or hurt himself. I, I, I still am convinced of that. Yeah, I would agree, and we've got that as a topic coming up, so we'll we'll dive farther into yep. the Vontez Burfick stuff. But you, so you've got them against I, the Cardinals. I'm I, going I to I'm going to wait till December first. I think it's the Jets when they wow. play at home against the Jets on December first. Can you imagine what that crowd would be like for that game? Sixteen people. You get you get. Well, a, I mean, actually, there will be probably some Jets fans. Thirty-one. They're going to be just as bad. <laughs> True. Thirty-one degrees, wind blowing off the river. Oh. Oh, I mean that just sounds miserable I think, to even I think, think about. I, You're going to be there covering that game. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, sure am. That yep. might that might require you to make some life decisions before it, we get it, to December. You, you may 1st. be right on that. You're right. All right, after Monday night's loss, any Bengals fans still interested in the organization turned their attention to next year's draft. It's too early to know exactly where the Bengals will be drafted or where prospects will be slotted, but what position do you think the Bengals should be looking at with their first-round pick, and are there any players that stand out to you early right now? No, because I haven't looked at the offensive linemen yet in, in this draft, but I, I, think, I think it's two position groups. It's offensive line or linebacker. Best one of those on the board at the point where they draft, that's who you take. It's not a quarterback. It's not tank Agreed. for Tua. It's not tank for Justin Herbert. It's not any of that. that. That's nonsensical at this stage of the game. You need to fix the infrastructure before you go get your quarterback. And yeah, maybe there's a third-round quarterback you get next, or even a second-round quarterback. Or better yet... Tank for a second straight year and get Trevor Lawrence the following maybe. season. Maybe. Uh, Figure well, out it, a way to yeah, be maybe. first in the draft. I, but no, there's no doubt to me. you got to fix the infrastructure of your defense, which is always linebacker play, and the infrastructure of your offense, which is tackle. You're, the one thing is, if you're looking at this rebuild, you're getting a bonus piece back next year, right? You're getting Jonah Williams. That, that's almost like a bonus piece in the rebuild that you didn't see this year. So you're already starting and going, all right, well, we've got our left tackle to plug in. Now go get me a right tackle. I've got enough guards I can make it work. And Trey, I I don't think it takes a whole lot to upgrade it. You just need to go get a quality other tackle. And And I'm hoping here, I'm obviously hoping that Jonah is going to be a quality tackle too. I don't know either way at this stage of the game. Right, but I mean, you drafted him first last year for a reason. You have to still assume he is going to be a a future uh, cornerstone of what you're trying to do on that offensive line. So when you look at that... It, to me, it would be lean linebacker. You need, you have to upgrade the linebacking core, and you need a playmaker on defense yes. with that first round pick. In my opinion, the issue is looking at next this upcoming year's draft. There's only one linebacker in the entire draft that is a consensus first round guy, and he's in the mid to late first round. So, so guess what? Trade backwards. Do something creative. Trade backwards to the point where you think you can still uh, get him. I, I think you need. I mean, you need multiple guys. So maybe that's something you consider, but. I think you also need a difference maker. So I'd be interested in going the offensive line route again, trying to land another tackle. Andrew Thomas from Georgia yeah. is one of the guys that stand out. You know, he's going to be probably a top five pick. Well, so and you may you, be drafting the top five. So there you go. There's a very good chance they will be. The other guy I could see them going after that I wouldn't mind is Chase Young from Ohio State. And granted, he's, he's a defensive end, I know, but, but he is so dynamic at getting to the quarterback. And I do think they just need a difference maker. The, the, the thing is, on the defense, I can, believe it or not, I can live with William Jackson and Dre Kirkpatrick as my corners and live with Darquez Denard as my slot corner. I can live with Jesse Bates and, and, and Sean Williams as my safeties. I can live with that defensive line group. I can't live with a single linebacker they have. I, not one. I, I couldn't agree more. I am disappointed in the front four a little bit, though. I thought they would do I, more after I, what we saw from I them I am the too, first but week. if you watch run fits, and I watch them pretty intently, there is little doubt that, that the blockers have the linemen engaged to the point where it's a linebacker's job to find the ball carrier. And, and you can see not they're not getting there. Or they get to the play and they get swept out of the play or kicked out of the play. Well, or they're not fast enough to get there. That's the big thing. The lack of speed on this defense, specifically in the linebacking court. And then you have some cornerbacks who don't tackle at all. No. That's the issue with the cornerbacks. But I'm okay. So decent like, in coverage. If you want to cover, that's fine. I'm okay. I don't need you to be a hard hitter as a corner. I need you to make an occasional tackle, but not be a hard hitter. Well, and, and that's Hopefully right. tackles are being made before by, you by as a corner have to be. Yeah, yeah. To make the problem is the linebackers can't get it, and that's I mean, why you're seeing all those sweeps that you're talking Drake, about. Drake Kirkpatrick was the second leading tackler on on Sunday on, on Monday. Good. That can't happen. I mean, that guy does. And that's not it. because people were completing passes down the field on Dre, and then he's making the tackle. No, it's because he had to come up on that jet sweep nonsense. Deion Sanders thinks Dre doesn't like contact. Yeah, so. well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, was was Deion a great tackler? No, no, well, he's on the Hall of Fame because he because he covered like a like a son of a gun and was a great return guy. Yep. All right, let's switch gears here, yep. Skinny. The Reds finished the season fourth overall in the National League Central with a record of 75-87. and 87. Already, the club has made some moves involving the coaching staff. On Tuesday, it announced that hitting coach Turner Ward will not return to David Bell's staff next season. The team also announced the hiring of pitching guru Kyle Bodie, founder and president of Driveline Baseball, a data-driven baseball performance center that had a personal relationship with Trevor Bauer. The club said that Bodie will work closely with the Major League Pitching Department to ensure the pitching philosophies and protocols are consistent throughout the organization. What do you think of the Reds' early offseason moves? <sighs> what? I'm sorry. <laughs> so, buddy, Bodie does nothing for you, huh? The pitching guru? Trevor Bauer's own? I think it's a nice little extra piece, right, to have. I'm okay with I, I like analytics, and I'm, I'm fine with some of that stuff. But Yeah, he tweeted he's not going to be working with Trevor Bauer that much. I find it kind of hard to believe that this isn't a move to try to get Trevor Bauer's head right. Can Kyle Bodie, can he close? I do can, not think so. Can he pitch the so. ninth? I don't, I don't believe so. Oh, can, can he 
Can he play left field on it? Is he an everyday left fielder that, that can get you 25 homers in, in an 800 OPS? Uh, maybe run out Michael Lorenzen. Can he and... play center field? Well, maybe. How next... about second base? Can he play second base? I, I haven't seen his glove work, but. Huh. Well, I mean, if he can do those things, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. I, I think Turner Ward got scapegoated a little bit, although I did call him out a little bit early in the year because they some guys were hitting below the levels of where they had previously hit, and somebody has to pay the price for that a little bit, I guess. So that, that part doesn't disturb me. I'm sorry for Turner Ward. Yeah, look Ward. how he torpedoed Derek Dietrich's year. Yeah, well, Derek right. Dietrich kind of torpedoed his, his own year. Derek Dietrich was the next rising star in the majors. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, you need players. Go give me some players, and then tell me about your offseason moves. Come on. Bodie said uh, he was really excited to join the Reds because they're doing things that you wouldn't even believe analytically. They're so great. far ahead of the times. That's great. Does that, Here's exci- the thing. Does that excite Here's you? Here's the great thing. If they did, if, if they, and again, I'm not against the analytics. You know that. I'm I know not. you're not. I'm, I'm not. But it's almost like, hey, they'll have me playing second base. Guess what the analytics would say about me? I can't hit. I'm 56 years old and I can't hit. So you can do all the analytics you want. Look, the analytics are... <laughs> You know it's not going to be the difference. You know what the real issue is? It helps. You can't do Kyle Bodie bobblehead night and and bring fans out to the ballpark. No, that's a good point. You can't do Bob Ross night at the ballpark and and I mean with Kyle Bodie. So that that's going to be issue. I mean, if it doesn't bring fans out, if it's not a meaningless promotion to bring fans out, I'm surprised the Reds are wasting their time with it. You can bring in the next hitting coach. He's not going to have. I, no, just go get some players. That'd be nice. I know you can't do it today. I get that. I, I know I'm not expecting him to go make player trades today but but Kyle Bodie not doing it for you huh it's a nice extra piece to have it's 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 okay it doesn't make me mad I just don't I saw those in my inbox clearly I saw those in my inbox yesterday and I just went seriously this is this this is how we're going to start things we're going to scapegoat Turner Ward near one I remember how everybody's like you got the Dodgers hitting coach look what he did with the Dodgers because they had guys who could hit now, I will say, I thought Derek Johnson did make a, a positive have a positive impact overall on the pitching staff. I did. I thought that was a good hiring. It certainly worked out for Sonny Gray. Um, but overall, I thought that was a positive impact. But goodness gracious, please, come on. Good. I just love the, I love the, he will, he will work closely with the pitching depart, department to ensure the pitching philosophies and protocols are consistent throughout the organization. So that was. So are we going back to? Are we going to now let our minor league guys go 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 do the David Bell thing, and they're done after eighty five pitches, no matter what? It sounds like it. Sheesh, um, I, I have again, make it all stop. I have to think this guy is there to get Trevor Bauer's head right. I think that's exactly what it is. He's it's his personal, personal guy. Dude, yes. Yeah. I, I have to think that's what this yeah, is about I think more you're than probably anything. Right. And I'm absolutely fine with them doing that because after what they invested, um, giving up the prospects they gave up in multiple trades to end up with Trevor Bauer, you need some type of return on that and, guy and next look, year. Yeah, absolutely, because the fan base didn't entirely buy back in this year, right? They did a little. I think for, they, for, I, they I think wanted I, to at the All-Star break. I, look, I think they did. I think fans bought back in emotionally and from afar to where, hey, I'm going to watch the game more intently tonight on Fox Sports Ohio. But it wasn't enough to move the needle to say, hey, I'm looking forward to going to that three-game series at the ballpark this weekend. I, I tell you what, at the All-Star break, I think fans were legitimately excited. I think they would have bought uh, in if things had gone right. I, I heard about people you know, wanting to go to games like, yep. and were we, like – I remember I was on a minor league ball trip and we were all looking up the games on our phone and yep. watching and stuff and talking about it. So it had been a while since the city kind of acted that way about the Reds. They've got a golden opportunity because the Bengals are in the throws again. So, I mean, if the Reds can find a way to, to have a winning season next year, I don't even think that they have to make any noise in the postseason, just have a winning season. I think, I think fans will, will yes, start coming back a little yes. bit for the Reds. But if, if not... I mean, you 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 you've got to finally what do something. New, you bought right? a, you bought a little more goodwill this year. You did some things in the off season a that said we're, that said we're trying. Yeah. All right. Now you need to take the next step. I'm done with trying. Do you think fans feel like that after the season though that they they were trying honestly? Because I think most I, fans I now look back I, I and do. say and are mad that they gave away prospects for guys that they either no longer have or didn't really go, perform. Go look up Taylor Trammell's numbers in the Padre organization. Just go look him up. He's a disaster. <laughs> I mean, no. I, I think what they did with every move, I'm 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 still down with. I'm good with every single move they made. Now you just need you need some other parts. You need some other better players. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. I would not disagree with you. So basically, we're in the same situation that Cincinnati's pro franchises have been in for years. Yes, they just won't get talent. <laughs> 
They got cow body, though. Good for, uh, good for them. Uh, all right, let's uh, talk about our betting segment here. College football lines we'll start with. And uh, last week, we both went 6-8. and eight. Yeah, I think we were both – I was 6-6 six and six going in the Monday game, and I had the Bengals in the over, so I, I, that cost me the winning week. Yeah, I, uh, I went 0-2 as well. My profit margin's dwindling. I'm down to 34-27, and 27, which makes me plus 5.3 units. I'm 35-26. Uh, and 26. So not a good week for either one of us, but that was our first losing week we've had. Yes. Uh, so you, you can't really complain about our start. And uh, not as many games on the docket this week because UK and Miami of Ohio are both on bye week. Yeah, Kentucky's going to have a wide receiver now playing quarterback moving forward. Yeah, That'll be fun. Less than ideal. Um, but we will get started a little bit early on Friday night, 8 p.m. It's uh, Nippert at night. UCF is coming to play the Bearcats. UCF is favored by four in that game. The total is 60. I love UC here. I, I just think this is a great spot for them. I, th- I mean, the Marshall win said a lot to me. I, I know people are going to think it's just the old Mar- that, that Marshall. That was an impressive Marshall's win. Marshall's pretty good, people. I think Marshall ends up probably going to a bowl game. I really do. Um, and UC, they housed didn't just them. be. They housed them I mean, in every way. Game. Desmond Ritter was good. They ran the ball effectively. The defense dominated. It was never a game. It made you feel a whole lot better about this game yes. coming up if you're a UC fan I, or a better. I love it. I mean, UCF, they're, they're real, they, their test on the road was at Pitt, and they barely held on to beat Pitt. I, I think the, the crowd's going to be huge and raucous and into it, and I think they'll add an element to it that will help. I, I love it. I think UC wins this game outright. I do think it's a, it, it's a UCF gets some points. I'll go, I'll go Bearcats 38-30. So UC with the outright win in the over. All right, I'm going to disagree with you. I was very impressed with what UC showed. I do not think that this this team is ready. We've seen the issues with their offensive line. Do you think Pitt is any good? No, they're terrible. Well, they should have beat UCF. Um, are we sure they didn't? Oh, maybe they did. Hell, I could be wrong on that. I, I, I They had the score wrong. Yeah, Pittsburgh won 35-34. Okay, that was what I kept thinking, 36-35 UCF. So, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Then then I feel even better about it. Yeah, so I don't disagree with you there that that pit loss looks really bad for UCF, but I also think that's the wake-up call that they already got out of the way. I I do think— No, I think it showed the flaws. See, I think they're better than UC— I think the fact that they've already lost that game against a team that they probably shouldn't have lost to, it's not going to happen again. I've got UCF pulling away from UC in this one in the second half. UCF 35, UC 21, so it's UCF and the under. All right. Because that total is 60. That's a high total so, for me. I so like that will bring me to a side wager of a straight six-pack. <laughs> I got UC in the points. You got UCF laying them. Yes or no? At four? At four. Yeah, I'm I got UC plus four. Okay. If UC wins outright, it's a 12-pack. That's fine. I'm okay. fine with that. All right, there we go. All right. I like it. A little side wager on that game. So uh, I feel that confident in the Bearcats. The only other college game we have yeah. this week, Saturday at 7.30, it's Michigan State at Ohio State. The Buckeyes are favorites by 20 in that game. The total is 49. You better get that number 20, people, because it's gonna. I think it, I think it ends it's already up, gone up from like 16 or 17. I was going to say, I think it closes at 23 or 24, and that still's not enough. Michigan State offensively is horrid. I know what they did against Indiana. Kudos to them. Brian Lewerke, he was, he was just great. I don't, think, I don't think much of Michigan State. Ohio State right now is just a freaking machine. I think Ohio State right now, honestly, if you were to put the four teams in the playoffs, I think they're a no-brainer to be in the playoffs right now. No brainer. I think they have a legitimate chance to win it all. I do too. Uh, I do too. I and I, and I, a team I have I have gone from thinking this was a nine and three ish team to start the year with some question marks to they're scoring fifty and you ain't doing anything about it. So then we start at that as the baseline. Michigan State is a bad offensive team. Nebraska actually is a capable offensive team, and Ohio State dominated them. Yeah, yeah, They're well, going to dominate Michigan State at home, and I know every team has that game on, and it maybe comes this week where they just have a lull for whatever reason, right? It usually doesn't happen for Ohio State at home. Yeah, it's usually when they go on the road. Now, granted, Nebraska last year they didn't play great. Uh, well, that's when they started to wobble a little bit too. Remember, yeah. they had the loss, then they had the loss. Things yeah. were getting weird, yeah. and Urban was I don't, weird. I just don't see if I don't see a flaw in this team. Not I, a single solitary flaw. I don't either. I mean, I think Georgia is great. LSU is really 
really good. Auburn's got some great uh, wins. Um, yeah, but these, but Clemson has not lived up to the hype preseason. I, if you if you guess me four teams right now, Clemson would not be one of my four. Alabama would be in there for sure. But again, I don't know that they've looked more dominant than Ohio State has to start the no, season. I think they've and looked Justin very good. Fields to me has been as impressive as yes. any quarterback in the country. And Michigan State, just honestly, they they, they, they stay. I, I, you want the prediction? I'll go Ohio State. Since I think they get to fifty on everybody, they probably don't get to fifty here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. I'll go Ohio State fifty to ten. Wow! So you are going Ohio State big and, and the, the over. over. Um, I've got Ohio State forty five, Michigan State seventeen. So I'm going Ohio State and the over as well. I told you last week Ohio State by seventeen and a half against Nebraska right. was a guarantee. It was a gift. It was a gift. It was easy. They, there was never in question. I think this one will be more in question than that was, but still, I'm with you. I think 20 is too little. They will win this game by three touchdowns. I'd feel very good I'm about saying, taking I, I State. think the line goes off somewhere around 23. I, I think people hammer it if it's less than three touchdowns. Just hammer it. I'm with you. And that brings us to our NFL line. Starting with the Thursday night game at 820, we've got the Rams at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are giving one and a half in that game. The total is 49. I know you said you don't think Seattle's any good. I I, I still do. I think they have flaws. Their offensive line is, is flawed. I think they kind of, I don't want to say they overlooked. I think I think the fact that the Saints came to town without Drew Brees and they had Teddy Bridgewater, they got an early punt return for a touchdown in that game that kind of swayed things, and Seattle was playing catch-up. I don't think Seattle's great in catch-up mode, um, so I'm going to give them a pass for that game. Um, the three teams they've beaten, you can't give them a lot of credence for it. It's the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Cardinals. Um, but Garbage. I th- but I think the Rams, have they, they, they just look wobbly since that Super Bowl in a lot of different ways. Their defense, I, I can't account for 55 giving up. Uh, they killed me last week. I They killed a lot of people. I, I listened to a show in which a lot of books had had the Rams, a lot of people had teased the Rams Yep, down I did that. to just win the game. I did win that. it by whatever three or two or whatever, depending yeah. on how, what, what, the, what the teaser number was. Um, so, yeah, I, I love Seattle in this spot. I'll, I'll go Seahawks 27-23. So I, I, I will go the over. I'll go Seattle in the over. I like the Rams 27, Seahawks 20. So I'm going Rams and the under, just under that number at 49. I've got it at 47. I still think the Rams are a good football team. I do too, but I, I before I the year still, started though, I didn't have them in the I didn't have them as one of my playoff teams. I had Seattle see, winning the division. See, the, I, to me, I don't know. I don't know how you can watch this Seattle team, especially. I know it's Week One, but that Seattle team against the Bengals, they should have lost that game. And we know how bad this Bengals team is. And, and again, I, like I said, the, the three wins so far, the, the teams that, that they've they've beaten have All one trash. combined win. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. I, I I just don't I'm not buying into it. I think the Rams I think coming the tw- off the, the loss. The, will I think the twelfth the, the twelfth man is not losing a second game at home. They're just not. Mm, I disagree with you there. So okay. I'm I'm Rams and under. You are Seattle and, and the over. Are you jotting mine down too? I, by the way? I am. I'm okay. writing them down sure. as we go for once. I just and don't want you to come back and tell me I went three and nine when I was nine and three or something. No, we've I, I go back and I listen to them to make sure oh, we okay. don't screw them up All because right. sometimes we say the wrong thing. Like I have to listen to our actual score. We probably say the wrong thing a lot of times. Sometimes we actually add the totals up improperly, so I have to go back and listen to the actual score. Okay, right. But here we are. Uh, Moves us to Sunday at one o'clock. Cardinals at the Bengals. The Bengals are favored by three and a half somehow, and it's because the Cardinals are even worse than them. The total is forty-seven and a half in that game. What do you think? I'll go Bengals twenty-seven seventeen. So I got Bengals in the under there. I I. I think Arizona. I know the Bengals are trash. I, I'm not. Trust me. I'm not finding many more wins for the Bengals this year. And truth be told, this and the Jets game are probably the only two that as I sit here as we sit here right now that the Bengals would be favored in the rest of the way. Maybe at Miami and probably at Miami. Probably at Miami. But that's it. It's worth noting. I think you have picked the Bengals to win the last three weeks. I have. I put, but they've covered. They did cover. They the covered. They covered Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. they covered Buffalo. So. Yeah. Um, I'm going Cardinals 24, Bengals 14. So Cardinals and the under is the play there, in my opinion. I just until I see it, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't understand. But what makes how you this, what makes you have faith in the Cardinals though? What have they done? They got a rookie quarterback who's garbage, absolutely, and a nothing, garbage garbage head coach who couldn't win in college, and a garbage defense. Absolutely nothing except for the fact that I don't have to watch them every week, and they don't make me sick to my stomach with their inability I did to block, I, and inability to tackle, and inability to even get to the play as line. 
linebacking crew. I just I, I watched not a the Bengals. big chunk of their game on red zone the other day because they only had three games going on, and because I had a little side action on on Arizona um, that I needed them in a teaser, and and so watching them with with a little bit of intent, they're trash. Um, so are the Bengals. So agreed. I I I can't disagree with that part. I'll take the I'll take the home trash versus the road tra- road trash. Fair enough. Which brings us to Sunday night game eight twenty. Colts at Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by 10.5 in this game. The total is 56.5. Chiefs, another team that absolutely killed me this past week. a lot of people. I had an awful Sunday. Yeah, uh, you're not alone. The, the I, I was listening to it as I was driving to Pittsburgh on Monday, going around the dial. I came upon SB Nation Radio, which I've never really heard. I know what it is. I just had never heard it. And they had a, they had a guy who was one of the, who runs a book in, in Vegas, legit book. And um, I guess they must do this every every Monday. They, they kind of recap how the weekend went. And apparently the books just killed it and he went through some games in which they had a lot of action um they took a lot of action on the Chiefs. Believe it that he said they took a lot of action on the Vikings at Chicago. Which oh, that was the one of the few games I won. I that, won that's a problem. I, mean, I only won a, the Bears and the Giants. Yeah that 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 one that line I, I I'm confused that people jumped on the Vikings. I'm not here to tell you I don't I don't understand the play, but the fact that the books were so heavy, Dallas killed a lot of people. Um, so there was a lot of games on 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 Sunday that that killed. Yeah, that Chiefs at minus six. I'm not Ra- the Ravens. A lot of people. people he said a lot of people teased the Ravens down just to beat Cleveland and I, had some action on Baltimore. Yep, I I did that. I did that with the with the Chiefs teased in and the Rams teased in. Yeah, I. The Colts have been interesting. I, that, that that was another one too. I think apparently a lot of people uh, tease the Colts down, and they end up losing yep. at home to Oakland. So yep. had that one. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'll go Chiefs. This is going to be weird because it's going to be right on the number. I'll go Chiefs 34-24. Um, so it goes over, and that hook helps me win this game. Yeah, I actually um, I'm similar to the score, but I don't think the Chiefs actually cover in this game. So I think they win at 31-24, but the Colts will cover. So I'm going Colts to cover yeah. and the under. So we both have the Colts covering. You have the under, I have the over. Yep. Um, which brings us to the uh, the Browns and the 49ers on Monday night. This game is in San Francisco. The 49ers favored by three and a half. The total is 46 and a half. I love the Niners here, and and it comes weird because I I I thought the Browns would have a bounce back game against Baltimore because I don't think Baltimore's any good. I think that that was more a reflection on Baltimore has more issues than Cleveland's fixed theirs. I thought Baker Mayfield had a better game. You know, the long touchdown run by Nick Chubb kind of sealed the deal, and then they were able to run it well. I still I still don't have a lot of belief that the Browns are a great team. I I, I do think I I think they still win this division. I think they're nine and seven, and nine and seven wins this division. But I think the Forty Nine ers are legit, man. Um, coming off a bye week. Um, at home, I think that three and a hook is is trying to entice you to to see what the see what the Browns did last week. You want to take the three and a half, don't you? No, Vegas, I do not. I'll go Niners, Niners thirty to nineteen. I'm going to give you a weird score there, thirty to nineteen. So I'll take the Niners and the over. I agree with you that that is a sucker's bet. That three and a half definitely feels like a sucker's bet. There, they want you to take the Browns. That being said. I I believe in the Browns. I like what I've seen from them the last two weeks. If they, they they've started to move things towards the right direction, um, I think you're right about the Ravens. There are more flaws there than people initially realized, and and um, Jackson is coming back down to earth. So um, this 49ers team is not as good as what they've shown the oh, last few weeks. I think weeks. they are. I, I'm not believing in in the hype, so I'm going. I'm going to go Browns 31, 49ers 28. So the Browns, Browns with the win, outright win, win outright and the over. All right, right now I'm giving you a 20 spot. You putting the Browns on the money line? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I probably will bet that game this week. Okay, on the money I, line. I do not like. Yeah, I do not like the 49ers okay. nearly as much as you do. Okay. There we go. All right, that wraps up our betting segment. Again, last week we were both six and eight. I am thirty-five and twenty-six on the year. You are thirty-four and twenty-seven. Still slowing us, showing a slight profit margin. So there you go. There you go. All right, skinny. To some national news now. During Clemson's narrow twenty-one twenty win over North Carolina Saturday, Clemson fans were shown on the video board at UNC and made fun of for being bandwagon fans. It was just a funny little prank until North Carolina athletic director Bubba Cunningham, which is the That's perfect the name for North quintessential Carolina, North Carolina AD, right there. Thank you. Apologized, saying, "Quote: We want everyone who comes to Chapel Hill to have a positive experience on our campus, whether they are supporters or our opponents' fans, first-time visitors or longtime guests." The video. 
preview board spot featuring Clemson fans on Saturday was not in that spirit. We regret that it was produced. We addressed the inappropriateness of the spot with the responsible staff members immediately after it was shown, and we will continue to address this week the breakdown in the process that led to it. My question is, do you think making fun of opposing fans on the video board is crossing a line that you need to apologize for? I, I do, because a lot of times you got drunken fans in there, and that just eggs them on to do something stupid. Are you serious? I am serious. I cannot I am believe serious. your take on this. I am serious. I, I Mind-blowing. Yeah. You I, surprise me all the time. Yeah, I, I don't think I surprised you with that take, did, did You I? really did. No, I cannot uh, believe I, you are not I, mad about I, this. I, I, I am outraged. At the PC culture here. I, look, I get the PC culture thing. I just think there's no reason to egg on fans, man. Fan behavior, you got to admit, fan behavior can go. It's probably more at NFL games than it is at college games. I think a lot of college fans, it's goofy as it sounds. I think there is a spirit of camaraderie. If it's an SEC game, a lot of times you'll root for the other SEC team if they're playing somewhere else. I, I, I think there is more in college. There's more. There is more of a collegial feel to it, and I think people have more of a of a camaraderie as opposed to an angst, unless it's Alabama-Auburn. I mean, can you imagine Alabama? That just, no, I, no, I think it did cross the line. I'm sorry, but I do. You come into my stadium or my arena with your team's garb on, and we are, look, it's not like they're taking actual shots on them. They're saying things like, also a Tom Brady fan. So making fun of him being black yeah, and fans. Just, you know, yeah, it's nothing like yeah. too personal or too real. Um, North, uh, Northern Kentucky did this during their basketball games years back um, when teams were coming in UK and Louisville and stuff like that. They would show them up on on the board with a little message there, and I don't think they were making fun of them, but they did something. It was like a, a trader cam or something like that. I am fine with this. The one thing I just have a major, major, major issue is Bubba getting up on the mic and apologizing for that. You're apologizing. For saying stuff, for calling out fans for being bandwagon fans when they're in your stadium, that's insane. We have gone way too far. The fact that a guy would get up and apologize because a couple fans got on Twitter and complained about this is it just shows where our culture is headed. It's not good. I, 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 I'm with you on the PC play. I just, I just, think it, you asked me to cross the line. I think it crossed the line. I just, I, just, I'm, I'm shocked by that. Yeah, why, why, why egg on, why, why egg on, egg on your fans? Grow up. If you can't take seeing yourself on, you chose to wear that jersey into the other team's arena and or that's stadium. Okay. And that's if okay. If they're going to show you up on the Jumbotron, you deserve that. I will say. That it's at, like heckling at a comedy show. At at, at, the, at Buffalo, the, where we are in the press box, there's a... We're kind of we're we're in the end zone, and it's almost kind of at a clubbish level, if you will, where fans are like right in front of you, right. In fact, a couple few times they didn't know who we were, but when something good would happen, they turn around, and bang on the press box thing. Well, there was one guy in an AJ Green uniform who was sitting in the front row, and when the Bengals scored to take the lead in the fourth quarter, he stands up and starts starts pointing at his jersey. I'm looking at the fans, and I'm telling you, man, I thought, dude, you, you can't be that stupid, can you? Please just just sit down, enjoy the fact your team just took the lead, because they will kick your ass, and they don't care, and it'll be a gang-beating, man. Just sit down and shut up. Yeah, Buff NFL fans in and general, I'm one, not the best. Buffalo fans certainly uh, look, probably low you, you, you never deserve a beating, by, by the way, but... I got to tell you, it is kind of stupid to wear your team's garb into an opposing. You're just asking for trouble. You really are. You're asking for trouble. It, it is sad. You want to root for your team? That's great. Go root for your team. Just You don't need to wear Jimmy's jersey or Freddie's. I, I, I don't get the jersey thing. See, you're not, I, I think that's the, weird, that's the weirdest, goofiest thing ever, people wearing somebody's jersey to a game. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the boat of do whatever makes you happy. If you like I doing guess. it, that's fine. But I'm kind of with you. I'm not wearing another grown man's jersey yeah. at this age. It's just not going to happen. No, I mean, correct. I did when I was in high school and yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's, but that's, then that's fine. Kinda, yes. After college, it kind of becomes a thing. And I was like, this is kind of weird. To yes, do, it's a lot weird. It's a yeah. lot weird. Um, yeah, college, I give it. I, I see. I'm I'm the opposite though. I'm okay with someone wearing their team stuff in. But if you're the annoying fan who's like yelling inside the arena cheering for your team, that's where I think, yeah, you're probably crossing the line there if you're being obnoxious Agreed. cheering for your team. Agreed. All right, Skinny. California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill this week that could have a drastic impact on college sports. Beginning in 2023, SB 206, or the Fair Play to Pay Act, says colleges in California cannot punish their athletes for collecting endorsement money. The law also allows college athletes to hire a licensed agent to represent them. Politicians in Florida, New York, Washington State, Colorado, Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina, and now Kentucky have publicly supported the idea of creating similar laws in their states. 
My question is, how do you see this showdown between California and the NCAA playing out? Well, I think it forces the NCAA's hands. And everybody thinks of the NCAA as this demagogue. The NCAA is the member institutions. This is just the governing body of the member institutions. So I, I think in this regard, um, I, I think that eventually the NCAA is just going to have to just kind of say, listen, if this is what you guys are going to put into law, we're not going to fight it. We can't fight it. There's nothing we can fight it for. And the colleges aren't the ones doing the paying. This is just a chance to make money off your likeness. And you and I have talked about this ad nauseum, right? That, that, that this is commonsensical. And I keep hearing the, the thing gets thrown in everybody's face. Well, what about swimmer Susie Joe Johnson? And can't she? No. No, no, no. market for her. Sorry. Swimmer Katie Ledecky? Absolutely. Because there's a market for her. <laughs> I don't get why that's hard to understand. I, I, I don't either, Rick. I, I also think this is the only way this because is I going to work. Because I cover the NFL, I should get paid like Andy Dalton and A.J. Green get paid? Because I cover them? Probably not. No. Does the left tackle make what the... What the Quarterback make? I mean, yeah, whatever. I, no. Yeah, there's there's not another way that this is ever going to work out. And it will ever. No, the be- schools aren't going to pay the players, nor should they be... Has to pay the players. No, that will never happen. It'll never work. And clearly, it's untenable for the players to not get anything going forward. I Agreed. mean, we're just too far down this road. Minds have shifted. Everyone feels differently about this than they did 10 and, and certainly 20 or 30 years ago. So something's going to happen. I think this is probably the start of that. Is you, you basically, and people are saying, well, how can uh, uh, states force a private institution like the NCAA into doing something, I'm like, well, they do it all the time. I mean, antitrust laws are exactly that, essentially. They're just saying, they're not forcing the schools to do anything. They're just saying, you cannot punish a kid right. for making money off and his that, life. And that's the funny part is, they're not saying California or UCLA or USC that you have to pay your athletes. You just can't, if they are getting paid, you can't punish them. And NCAA, then you can't punish them. And, and, here, and I know as it stands right now, people are going to say, Oh my gosh, USC and Cal and UCLA and whoever else, San Diego State, whatever, um, are suddenly going to be able to have an unfair recruiting balance. I think that's where you get pushed into the NCAA, just going to have to walk back and go, all right, you guys make money off your likeness. We can't do anything about it. Well, here's here's my question for you. Um, in, in college football right now, how many teams realistically have a chance to make the college football playoff in a given year? Eight to ten. That's being... Probably generous. generous. Yeah, yeah, I'd it, say more like six to eight. Okay. Um, and how many teams usually get most of the five-star recruits? About five or six get a handful of them each, and then yeah. everyone else gets one or gets two, couple, right? Yeah, yeah, one or here, yeah. In college basketball, who gets whoever they want? UK and Duke and maybe Kansas. Right. Am I missing somebody? So is is there all is there a competitive balance that I've been missing in college sports? Right. Going on, like this is already happening. It's not it, the only thing this may do is give some other schools random chances to to get a you know like I don't know where that would be. Maybe in a small college town that has some big car dealership or restaurants that want to pay players to go do something. Maybe they'll get an unfair advantage because hey, your players players can get paid at that school. Maybe a school like uh, DePaul in Chicago has more opportunities for businesses to market players and they'll take advantage of that. Maybe it'll help a school like DePaul. Right. Maybe St. John's. It'll revive St. John's a little bit. Something like that. I don't know how it'll play out, but I certainly know like this this farce of it's going to eliminate competitive balance and screw up the sport is a joke because there is no yeah, the, the, the only joke to me is if anybody points the finger and says member institutions have to find a way to make equal pay. That's and that's un, that's well, untenable. We'll, that's yeah, completely we'll untenable. Never get to that right. point. That's never right. going to happen. This is and, and no one's asking anybody to do that. All they're saying is Rick Boring, starting quarterback at Clemson, who everybody loves and adores, can make money off of his name and like that's he he can go to the chicken wing place and hey come have chicken wings with Rick Boring um, and the, they pay Rick ten thousand dollars. Welcome, welcome to free market. Yeah, and that's where people are, you know, getting getting carried away with this and getting upset with this about big schools recruiting top notch prospects. Right, that's how it's going to be used, and I agree that is how it's going to be used, and and that's what's from a fan's perspective and from the player's perspective. That's what what is driving this. But what is making lawmakers? What about the volleyball player? Can't she make some money? <laughs> sure, if she's famous. Exactly. But I think what's driving this more so from a standpoint. What about the lacrosse player? He's a good guy. Can he get some money too? I mean, honestly, that's what, that's, that, you know that argument's out there, right? Of course, of course. Look, I, I, let me put it on my own personal level, right? My daughter played golf in college and got, um, she didn't get a full scholarship because it's a sport that they don't really give full scholarships, but she got a chunk of money to go. And as a parent, I really appreciated that. 
Um, and I thought that was a big deal, right? Because I know the other is, well, they're getting scholarship money. Great. That, that's all well and good. I, 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 and, and again, I appreciate that part of it. And so that's where they go, well, shouldn't, shouldn't your daughter get some money out of this? No, nobody knows who my kid is. No, no, but maybe they know who Drew McDonald is. She went to NKU. That's where she went. Right. And Drew makes some money off of it. I'm not going to hold that against Drew. And I'm not going to say that NKU should pay my kid because Drew's making money off his life. No. Right. And this also, is a, this is so simple. It's ridiculous. A guy like Drew McDonald, I hate to tell you this, in Cincinnati where you've got. Oh, I know. I, I know. I'm, but yeah, I, know, I, yeah. I, I mean, your point, it, it makes sense. But I mean, what's his value? Maybe $5,000 for the year? Yeah. Somebody so, in Northern Kentucky, Barley Corns brings him over right. for an appearance. And that's about it. Yeah. Like, it's it's not going to be this uh, far. Drew makes a couple thing. hundred bucks and gets a nice gift card out of it. And he's happy as he's happy as a lark, right? But here's where I do think the NCAA, and again, it's member institutions that kind of enforce it, but where the NCAA and its rules force politicians and other people's hands is like you've got athletes at um random schools whatever any low-level division one school who play a sport and maybe that kid had a youtube channel in high school and got some followers and then he became a division one athlete well that's a pretty cool thing to take people Mm -hmm. behind the scenes you have a vlog and you're able to show them behind the scenes there are athletes who have done that built up a following to where they're making some money and then they're not allowed to have a YouTube channel because they play for the NCAA, an NCAA-sanctioned sport. Absurd. And that's silly. And that's exactly why I think you see a bill like this put into place because the NCAA's rules are so extreme and so ridiculous that when you start you start getting into the feel-good territory, right? You start screwing over the veterans that came back that wanted to do something. You, you know start what screwing you know, over you, the you, vloggers that you, have a... You know what their argument to that is, right? Of course. Is we're trying to protect you, Rick. We're trying to protect you from doing too much, from playing a sport and going to school and running your business. You know what? Student athlete. That's on you, dude. If you want to sleep four hours a night and do all that stuff, good for you. Right. Do it. Well, and I'll tell you what. Some of the... Especially like... For instance, an NKU athlete who may be able to make my daughter. My daughter could not work during her athletic season, which was a chunk of fall and a chunk of spring. She could have a job outside of that, and she didn't need a job during that season. She made some money outside of it, and we paid for you know the rest and all that as parents. But what if she had a really good job that she could spend even in season? She's carved out fifteen hours a week to make. Fifteen dollars an hour, make a couple hundred bucks a week to either put it away to to, to for whatever a car payment, uh, uh, what spending money, whatever, spending money, whatever. Why should somebody hold that against her? Yeah, well, I also think these athletes are going to get a rude awakening, especially an athlete like say from an NKU who, who only has an upside of maybe five to ten grand yeah. at the absolute most. You're going to have to pay taxes on that now. That's not going to be fun as a, as a private contractor. Yep. I've done that. So there's going to be there's there's give and take for all of this, and everyone's going to have to adjust. But again, but that's Colin, on the athlete. Like let the right. athlete figure that out on their own. Let Guess them what? grow up if they need to. Yeah, you're in the grow up phase of life at that stage anyway. Right. It's well a great to learn thing to stuff. learn about. Yeah, I yeah I I think where this where push comes to shove in this, I think eventually it's going to be it, it's going to be allowed across the board. I do too, and I think this is the perfect way to do it. This is the only way. Are there going to be issues still? Yes. Are teams going to cheat still? Yes, of course. There will be some other way, but this will be the most fair, most above-ground, most transparent way to give something back to the players, give them an opportunity to use their platform to earn some profit while you're making billions off of them and not sharing any of your own revenue, by the way. Let me ask you this. Is this going to affect the NCAA financially? No. Is this going to affect the member institutions financially? No. Then get out of it. Leave it alone. The only thing they're giving up is some opportunity potentially because maybe uh, someone that would have advertised with the university is you know bought signage in the arena for instance is maybe going to give some of that to a player now that's the only thing they're giving up and that impact is very minimal I think it's very minimal very yes. minimal yep the NFL has suspended former Bengals linebacker and current Oakland Raider Vontez Burfick for the rest of the season after a vicious helmet-to-helmet hit in Sunday's win over the Colts. Burfick's suspension is without pay and will also cover the postseason if the Raiders make it. He does have the right to appeal, but Which he based, will be doing. Based on what we saw, it's hard to imagine him over, this getting overturned. My question for you, though, is do you think Vontez Burfick deserved to be suspended for the season? For his hit on Indy's jet. I do. I mean, he, and look, I know this is an accumulation thing, right? I mean, if he just took the penalty itself, he probably wouldn't even be suspended at all. He would have just been ejected from the game, which he was, fined heavily, which he will be. I don't think he would have faced a suspension if this was first-time offender Vontez Burfecht. In 2019, I think he would have, but your point is well-received. That it I've certainly... seen a couple other helmet-to-helmet hits this year. I mean, the but one... that one did, did, did the kid, and I don't know this, and, and I'm probably putting you on the spot here. I, you saw the one on Josh Allen, I'm assuming, right? By the I Patriots. Did. I, I haven't heard if that kid's gotten suspended. I think I, he, he got ejected, 
and he'll get fined. I don't think yeah. I don't think he gets suspended. I'm not sure. I will say that this was an Funtus absolute Funtus has been told, stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. A billion times. Yeah, and I know. Hey, I'm one that complained last week about too many flags, and, and occasionally, I mean, there was another roughing the roughing the quarterback penalty on Von Miller in the in the Jags game. Oh, that it was, was horrible. It was awful. It was horrible. It was just awful. But Vontez Perfect, he does that stuff intentionally. He does lead with the helmet. He is trying to hurt someone. That's his MO. He is a bad, bad guy. Period. End of story. Look, I I I, I wrote a column that said I didn't think he'd play five more games because he'd either hurt himself or try to hurt somebody else and get suspended. Voila, where are we? Nailed it. We're right on that on that cusp. He played four games, and in game number four, he tried to hurt someone. I think the NFL should suspend him the rest of the year. He's on a one-year contract in Oakland, and at this point, I'd say, you know what? I wouldn't. If you're a team, because he's going to always do something this stupid. You can come bring him in and go, hey, man. They made him a captain, for goodness sakes. You can How say, ridiculous is that? Listen, you can always say, knows the game, diagnosis plays, great player. I can give you some of that. But you're going to deal with this every single solitary year with this cat. Yeah, and he came back. He bounced back a little bit this year. He was looking better for the Raiders than he had for the Bengals yeah, last season. But, but he's great. still not good enough to put up with this no. and, and have the black eye of him. And, and honestly, he's such a bad guy. I don't think you want him around your team to begin with. I, I don't see. I think this is the end of Vontez Perfect. I don't think we're going to see him. Again. I can't imagine. I mean, I guess you could argue that the hoodie would end up taking him on and, and having him ride the straight and narrow, and maybe he does. I just don't see it. I mean, the Raiders were a perfect fit. Paul Gunther, who was coordinator here, loves Vontez as a player, has always made it public what he thinks of him as a player. Um, so he decided to run the risk of bringing him on. And, okay, I guess if you're Oakland, it's worth the flyer. And they took the flyer. And guess what? It worked a little bit. But now you're paying the price for perfect being perfect. Yeah, in terms of whether he deserved it or not, it's as simple as this. Go on YouTube and search Vontez Perfect's worst hits. You watch that little highlight reel that's been put out there by a few different people who have made videos of it. And, it, I mean, it'll make you sick to your stomach watching the guy. I, I, it is disgusting oh, oh, the stuff he's of, done. Some of the stuff, the twisting of the ankles at, at the bottom of piles. Just, he is literally trying to hurt someone. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Um, I, I got a gift from a guy. Um, uh, I'm on a text chain with a bunch of people that have covered the Bengals, do cover the Bengals now. And I didn't remember this. He sent me a gift of him intercepting a pass in a game. I don't can't recall when the game was. Running up a tunnel. As he runs by the t- up the tunnel, he cup checks the policeman that's standing there. <laughs> and I kept looking at it going, did I just see that right? Sorry. I mean, seriously. Did I just see that right? I did. I'm, I'll, I'll see if I can find it for you here as we're talking. I mean, that that's that's what he is, dude. He's not a good guy. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. I think both of us agree clearly this is the right call. It was it was overdue, but it also it's hard to suspend a guy for an entire season. It like, is. That is a di- but that, that that's where you're at with this cat, though. Without question. I think most people felt he should have already been there or he should be kicked out of the league. I think that's a slippery slope, especially when you're considering some of the other guys that are playing in this league. But he is clearly, I mean, within the the actual framework of the sport, he has been as bad of a, a guy as you can possibly be within the line. No question. No question. So I, I have no no sympathy for him. I want to wrap this up with this. Again, a driving rant. So I drove to Pittsburgh to and fro, and part of the drive, you go up I-71, which is two lanes. And in portions of I-70, as you're going across the, the, the state of Ohio, it's two lanes. And in portions, portions of, of Pennsylvania, as you're going through I-70, it's two lanes. Do you like that tunnel? I do like the tunnel, actually. Yeah, the Fort unless Pitt it's tunnel. backed up. Unless it's backed It was backed up a little bit on Monday yeah, trying to get to the stadium. Please, please, for the love of God, ma'am, sir, young kid driving for the first time on an open road, the left-hand lane is for passing. If you're in that lane and you're going 69 and a 70 and you're going side to side with the guy next to you and you've gone side to side for five miles with neither one of you budging, get the frick out of that lane! The best part is when you finally pass them and they look at you with the dirty look like, what I do? You were tailgating me. Move over! It's not, and the, the ones that really frost me are the trucks going up the hill because one truck's going frost. really slow and the other truck decides, well, I'm going to go around him. Yeah, you are at 59 miles an hour because he's going 51. I'm sorry, dude. You don't get to get out. You, yeah, no, sorry. no. 
It's not how this works. Yeah, one guy didn't like it when I just was. I, I laid on the horn as we're going up the hill, and finally he flipped me off as I went around. I thought, you jackass! I was going seventy-eight on cruise control, and just and you can see it in the dish. You're like, oh no, he's Don't not. Do Don't it. he's going to do it? Now I'm going to have to grind to a halt. I'm making good time here. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, technically, I'm speeding, but I'm not. Think about the gas efficiency they're costing you, skinny. They're co- Yeah, I mean that cruise control, man. It's just, you're you're just cruising along, right? Yeah. Well, you when you've got to slow down and get back up to speed, no, the, that just kills your gas efficiency. The only ones I give a small benefit of the doubt too i do the the young the younger drivers occasionally i just don't think they understand that what that left hand lane is for i think they've decided hey i've got a lane i'm gonna pick this lane and i'm gonna drive in it and i'm gonna go speed line i want to go over the speed limit because because my, my insurance is gonna get mad if i do so i'll yeah. put this thing right on 70 and then the best part is the person next to them they're on 70 and literally i went through one stretch of five miles of just sitting sitting there going which one of you two is going to budge? I love side by side racing on the highway. Which is, can somebody please either go slower or faster? One of you create a gap so the people who are lined up twenty deep behind me now, so we can suddenly go. I bet you show those young drivers a lot of sympathy. Well, I finally at one point I started flicking my lights at her. Like seriously, you got to get over. You got to do something. Mm-hmm. And then it was like she kind of like looked in the rearview mirror, like what is this cat doing? And then finally she decides, oh maybe I'll get around this car. And when I did, she shot me a dirty look. And I really imagine I I didn't even do anything. I didn't flip her off. I didn't do a thing i just kind of cruised on by and you know how that happens when the one car gets over and suddenly here comes the line through i can't imagine what some other people probably did because if you're the 15th car back you're thinking what are the people up there doing if i see a pissed off richard if i look in my rear view and i've got a pissed off richard skinner flicking his lights and and tailgating me and i don't like tailgating you know i don't like it that's not your thing it's not my thing you will beat someone's ass with a baseball bat if that happens happens. uh but i will say if that's the first thing i saw and i'm a young girl my first instinct is that's the guy my mom's warned me about do not stop for anything (laughs) crazy keep driving crazy no matter what even if he runs into the back of me just keep driving so so those of you who may be in in your in your you just have you've been driving for a short period of time hopefully you've learned the lesson today of wait do you think our demographic is like 16 to 18 year olds no no i said i've been driving i think we've got some in their early 20s that still don't understand what that left-hand lane is for Please understand what the left hand lane on a two lane highway. Please understand what the left hand lane is for. It, it's really not hard. In fact, occasionally they do put signs up that say "slower traffic, keep right, left lane, pass only." Read the sign. You know, I was gonna say, I and the truckers are professional. He's got no freaking excuse. He's a professional freaking driver. Read the sign, jackass. He literally gets paid to drive. He literally gets paid to drive like a jackass. You know, I was going to say that I would like to think that our listeners are smarter than to be the ones out there doing. You know that. what they are? But I think they probably well, are. I, I would like to think that, but then I thought back to uh, Saturday night. I was at an NKU fundraiser, and when I was getting in the elevator, um, a guy told me. He said, "You know, I got killed today." gambling i'm gonna have to start listening to you and skinny for advice and then i realized these people aren't that smart if yeah, that's, for gambling that's, advice. that's a good point that's a good point but thank you for listening though yeah i appreciate it all right hey we'll be back next week with another uh, skinny podcast the potpourri edition for rick roaring i'm richard skinner uh thanks as always to joseph chevrolet and thanks to you for listening have a good week